Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This episode of the Therapy as a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Therapy Reflection Journal. The Therapy Reflection Journal is your personal journal for your therapy experience. Whether you are just starting therapy for the first time or currently in therapy, you can utilize this journal throughout your process. This journal was designed for you to write down topics and themes that you and your therapist discuss throughout your counseling sessions. There's a place to keep track of your mood, things to work on in between sessions, and an entire place for you to reflect on what you and your therapist talked about. Take this journal with you consistently throughout your counseling experience to dig deeper and see growth in your mental health like never before. You can go to rosandrenee.com to purchase or the link is in the description box. Now let's start the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roger Renee. Welcome back to another installment of the Entrepreneurs and Therapy series. And y'all, I am super excited about this interview because I am actually personally interviewing one of my business coaches. Her name is Jasmine Chanel of the Montemoco program. She is a brand strategist, business coach, Anything related to social media, anything related to wanting to know how to start a business, wanting to know how to brand yourself, she is bomb. Okay, so let me give y'all the background real quick. So I have been following Jasmine for probably about six months to probably about eight months. I found her through your coach, Ashley Jasmine Maya. I've been following Maya for a long time. And um, I was like, okay, let me follow this girl. And then when I got pregnant, I was like, well, I don't know. No, let me backtrack. When I um, was trying to figure out like business stuff related to social media, I'm good at podcasting. But when it comes to social media, child, I was like, I need help. And I saw you ran like handling your kids and running a business at the same time. And girl, I was like, who is this girl? She's making this money and like a mom and like there's your two children. And so when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, done. I think at that <laughs> point, like we'll talk about her business, y'all. But she has, she had really been getting focused on moms and business. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need, I need somebody to help me, girl. So I ended up signing up for her Mom's and Mogul program, which she'll talk about. But go ahead and just introduce yourself, Jasmine, so the people know who you are. Yes. 
Thank you for all of that. That was a good introduction. Um, my name is Jasmine Chanel, and I'm a brand coach for mompreneurs. And really what I specialize in is helping moms with young children build, brand, and launch their businesses. So it has been a fun journey for me to like keep adding kids <laughs> as my business grows um, and just taking people along for that journey and helping them see that they, they can do the same thing too. Mm-hmm. And so, so like I said, y'all, I signed up for her program, Moms and Mogul, and it was so good. Jasmine is amazing at providing clarity to your niche market, how to, uh, how to brand on social media, how to write captions, like all of those things matter to get you sales. And she's also really good telling you to raise your price, you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> so like she was one of the reasons why I hit 3K in my business in August. Like okay. she was like, raise your price, Roslyn. Like, oh girl why (laughs) why so we'll get into all of that but anyway I wanted to bring her on because she is not only a a mom an entrepreneur but she also has um, been in counseling and therapy and is a Christian so we're going to talk about all those things today so first before we get into all of that why don't you tell a little bit about your businesses Yeah, so I started off as a social media agency, just me and like a few contractors and trying to figure it out. And as I was working with more and more small business owners, I realized they didn't really have a foundation in branding. Like everybody was stuck on, I want to get more followers. And I'm like, followers do not equal dollars. So let's work on this strategy. And so as I got more into strategy, I fell in love with coaching because I can see the results that work right away when I was teaching the client the um, content versus when I was just handling content for them. And so I really enjoy working with my mompreneurs because I can see the light bulb happen when they get it. And it's like, okay, I can scale this. I can do this. This is truly possible for me. So coaching is my main um, revenue stream for my mom to mogul program, which is a six week course slash group program that allows me to help moms through that process of building and launching their business. Mm -hmm. So why don't you talk about what got you started? Like before you got to the point of being a full-time entrepreneur, like I know you kind of talked about that a little bit, but what got you started and what has that process been like? Yeah. So motherhood was actually the catalyst because I fresh out of college, got my corporate job. I was like, oh, I'm about to be grown, making real money. And I didn't know real money was only 45K. And so as I was working through that corporate structure and I found out I was pregnant with my son, I'm like, this is not going to work. This is too stressful. I'm not going to have, you know, time for my kid. And I'm also not making a ton, a ton of money like I thought I would with my degree. And so I actually got started um, during my maternity leave with my son. I went ahead and quit that job before he was born because it was too stressful and started serving clients that way. And so as I was kind of building, I did go back to work a couple times because I didn't know what I was doing. Like a lot of times we don't give ourselves grace for that learning period in the beginning of business. You think you're just going to jump out and know exactly what to do. And that wasn't the case. And so this time when I quit in 2018, I'm like, I'm not going back. So what foundations do I need to set in place to actually get this business off the ground? That's good. That's good. And so you've been a full-time entrepreneur for how long now? Now for two years. It'll be officially two years this month, actually, September. So this okay. month, two years. Yeah, that was, that's good. Okay, so two full years now as a full-time entrepreneur. So talk about the challenges you faced early on in business and then talk about the challenges you faced when you officially quit. Mm -hmm. So early on, it really is a balancing act of you giving your 
side hustle, essentially the same amount of time that you're giving your nine to five. And a lot of times that's a hard thing to do. So it requires a lot of sacrifice in the beginning. And so I was working nine to five and then getting off work, spending time with my son, working seven to 10 at night, sometimes two or three o'clock in the morning, wake up at 6 a.m. before I have to start getting work ready for work and, you know, working my business during that time too. So some of the main struggles on the front end are that balance of time. And then you just really don't know what you're doing and so you're testing a lot of things and you're undercharging and you're launching a lot of things over and over again just to kind of see what sticks um, so those are some of the earlier struggles now on the other side of it um, going full-time not having consistent income at first was the big big struggle until I figured out how to do that um, and so I always tell people like don't just jump like have a plan um, that's why in the Moms Mogul program, I teach them how to map it out 12 to 18 months ahead of time when you want to quit, have a plan so you don't have to have that early struggle because you're going to be making a lot of investments um, in your business. And then right after that is the faith and the mindset walk. And so a lot of times the first push of faith and mindset people get is when they make that initial leap, not knowing when you start reaching new, new levels and new um, income goals and things like that. it's a whole new set of problems that arise. And so you have to consistently be working on walking in your faith and also working on your mindset to ensure you're ready for that new le level that you're going to. Ooh. Yes. Girl, you dropped a, a ton of gems. Okay, so let me backtrack. So one of the first things like I want to kind of address with what you said was you had set yourself up before you quit. So what did that practically look like? Well, what were the things you were doing every day? Because people that like myself who are side hustling as well mm -hmm. as working a full-time job, it's like it is a balancing act, but I also don't have kids. It is right. a balancing act, but I'm also like managing my household and like finding the brain power sometimes mm -hmm. also finding like the discipline to do it. I think I do pretty well, but like, it's still something yeah. to work through. So practically what were the things you had to put in place in order to officially leave? And like, what did that look like? Yeah. So first things first, if you have a spouse or significant other, you want to sit down and have that conversation about you, what you're building. And so a lot of husbands, and I talked to a lot of husbands before their wives make investments in my program. <laughs> a lot of them don't see the same vision that the wife sees. They see us pick up stuff, put it back down. You test it out, you know, doing t-shirts last month. This month you want to make a journal. They don't see me because consistency there Girl. so the first thing you want to do is sit down with whoever you know and you, that you're sharing your duties within your household and decide and let them know that hey i'm starting this side hustle journey with the intention of going full time i'm going to need your full support and so first thing i did is have that conversation the other thing i did is in having that conversation what around the house am I going to now have to share more equally with my significant other or delegate and hire somebody to do so I can focus on this business? And so one thing that I did is have my mom come help with cleaning the regular household stuff. And I would just pay her to kind of help with that stuff and kind of help with my son in the evenings or the weekends so I can dedicate more time to the business. And so you're going to have to find ways to free up the time to work on it. Because if you continue to run it like a side hustle, you won't get to a place where you can take it full time. It's going to take you 
a lot longer. So have that conversation with your spouse, um, get some help to kind of delegate your other tasks and like maybe scale back on volunteering or other things that you're doing, set those boundaries. And then the third thing was to start to save for living expenses um, because I was a major contributor to my household. And so starting to save three to six months of, you know, expenses for bills or whatever you contribute to your household. And then a lot of people don't think about this. And this is why I had to go back to work that first time I quit. I didn't save to invest into the business as well. The first time I'm like, oh, I'm making a little bit, I'm close to what I'm making at work. I can replace this. Great. No, girl. But as you grow, you're going to need more software. You're going to need coaching. You're going to need all these other investments. So you want to put aside some money for investing into the business as well so that you're also able to pay yourself and run the business. A lot of times we don't know as new entrepreneurs that you there's going to be money up front for the business that's going to need. And so a lot of times we end up putting ourselves in a place where we're not paying each other, paying ourselves um, up front. So let's have that conversation figure out what you can delegate and set better boundaries, save your living expenses, and then save for investing in the business would be the top four things practically that you can do. That's baby. Okay, so (laughs) let me be transparent, y'all. That's where I'm at. So yes, I made 3K last month. Mm -hmm. But paying myself, like I think I only paid myself 5%, which was like maybe like 160 something dollars. That's not enough to pay a bill because I'm also foreseeing Oh, I need to get, the, I need to make this investment. I want to trademark something. I want to ha- get more coaching. I want to do all this. So it's like, I can't really take all that money I made last month to pull all into my house because it takes everything from the business, which right. requires me to have to still run it. So I was looking sideways with September hit, like, how is this going to work? So that's exactly <laughs> where I'm at. And it, it, you're right. You do have to make investments in the business. And when you're looking at it, you're like, oh, I have to work more. I have to work more. It's like, no, I have to really create a plan of action with my money exactly. with the, yeah. or the money that's coming in because it wasn't like for me, I've been looking sideways all month. Like this is just like, how is this going to be sustainable? And it's put me in that mindset of God, okay, how am I going to be able to leave to do this? So I'm so glad you said that because that really makes a ton of sense. And so in going with that though, what is the mindset you have to have? Because you talk about mindset a lot, especially in the program, which was very, very big for me, like the limiting belief module, yes. girl. Mm-hmm. That, that always gets people. That I limited mean, belief module, girl, dude, is groundbreaking I, information for most people. I mean, <laughs> really, I'm just surprised my girl that braided my hair had hair to pull to put to break because <laughs> I was bald, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like... But it was so good because I didn't realize as an entrepreneur, the thought process you really have to have. So talk about like the mindset you had to have as a side hustler going into full time, um, what you had to even like shift your mind to. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people quit off of emotion. They quit because, oh, I hate this job or they don't treat me right here. I'm unappreciated. And they quit in a moment of passion, not thinking long term. And so really from a mindset perspective, you have to look at your nine to five as the biggest investor in your business. 
until you get to a place where the business is self-sustainable. And so when I went to work, I was smiling because I'm like, oh, y'all just made, y'all just pour some more money over here into mom to mom, what I'm building on the side. And so that's the first mindset shift. The second one is there are going to be limiting beliefs that arise just from how you were raised, just from your environment and just from society that's going to keep you small. And so when you step over from the mindset of employee to business owner, there are certain decisions you have to make that you have never had to make. If Girl. you don't work in accounting at your job, you don't know what you need to move the money around to do. If All you that. don't work in the marketing department at your job, <laughs> you don't know how to market this business. And so that's where investing in coaching comes to play. And so for a lot of people, investing is a foreign thing because they don't understand the, the paying money to just change your mind, like just change the way you think. For a lot of people, that's like, oh, I got good thoughts. You know, I got, you know, I'm smart. Most people think if they're intellectually smart, that is enough. When really there's a whole different mindset and you won't know what that mindset is until you start making these investments. And so even the first investment that I made took me one or two notches up, the third investment I made, and then the investments I was making this year was like, Oh, this is what they know that I don't know to get to these 10K months or to, you know, finally sell out launches and things like that. And so you have to constantly be putting yourself in those rooms. But it starts with eliminating those limiting beliefs. And so some common limiting beliefs is money doesn't grow on trees. Like we've all been taught these colloquialisms or sayings about money and it's like girl that is what's keeping your abundance or money, <laughs> okay. is, or money is the root of eat or root right of evil, like root of all evil and so if you believe those different things about money or you you know have taken those in it's going to be very hard for you to get somewhere and sell a 1200 dollars program or a five thousand dollar service that you have because you tr truly believe that money is evil and so there's certain limiting beliefs that you have to replace with beliefs that actually serve you like god wants me to be abundant God gave me these gifts and talents to not only serve people, but to make money. And the more money I make, the more people I can serve. It's a win-win. And so it really is a mindset shift from going from employee to actually building something that is going to bring you wealth. Yes, girl. What's the invoice, <laughs> Jasmine? What was, what's the invoice, sis? <laughs> that was free. That I can get hey, that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so let's kind of switch into kind of mommyhood, mommy mode. Mm -hmm. So as a mom, what would you say are some things that stop moms from wanting to start a business? So there's a phenomenon called the motherhood identity crisis. And so for many women, once they become a mother, they immediately go into fully serving their kids and just they forget all about everything. And it even starts as early as pregnancy because you're not moving the same way. You're looking at, you know, what you're eating a little differently and you're thinking about where you're going, what you're doing, what you're, who you're interacting with when, even when you're pregnant. And so that motherhood identity crisis stops a lot of women from starting their business because they think they have to wait till the kids are older or they think they don't have enough time. When really to run your business, you can get started with just 30 minutes a day. If you can consistently devote 30 minutes a day to building your business, you can really build something. And so that's the number one thing. Time is always um, a big one. And then the identity being tied up in motherhood. And then the another big one is women don't believe that they deserve to do things for themselves unless they do something else on their list first. So people think they have to master the laundry, the dishes, get the kids on a good routine, 
be eating right, exercising, then, oh, then I can buy this bag or then I can start this business. And you are inherently worthy of those things, even if you don't check none of those things off your list. And so there's somebody I follow on TikTok and her name escapes me right now, but she talks about that women and men have the same hate towards these household tasks. Women don't like cleaning, cooking, washing clothes and stuff just as much as men, but we tie so much shame and guilt when it doesn't get done versus a man you don't really like to do it he can walk past laundry 50 times and not feel any which way he might be mad he has to step over it but no guilt and we as women tie so much shame and guilt on if our kids aren't the smartest in the class if you know they're not eating the healthiest foods and are not spending too much time on the computer ipad and so we have all this shame and guilt tied into things that have nothing to do with our self-worth and so that is the biggest thing that I work with moms on from the mindset perspective is first trusting, believing that you deserve this time that you're devoted to yourself. For me, it happens to be in business, but for other people, it looks different. But just choosing that thing that you enjoy and being able to do that full out. That's good. And I, I'm glad you I'm glad you said um, the household tasks, because mm-hmm. that seems to be something, especially in some of the work I've done with uh, people related to time management, like that becomes such a, a thing. But those things will never go away. You can right. start a business and be making 10K a month and you still gonna have laundry piled up. <laughs> and you, to be in the and you need to be OK with it. And you got to be OK with it and or delegate it or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think especially for me coming into motherhood it's so unknown to me. So I'm like, even what do I even plan for something that's so unknown? So Mm -hmm. it's like, do I put it down? Do I pick it up? I know a part of my identity is being someone that will walk into entrepreneurship full time. So how do I not lose that? Like, so, so all those things kind of like, I'm glad you addressed like the identity piece because it does impact what we think of ourselves because our mind like my mind is all on my son right now mm-hmm. and he ain't even here yet right <laughs> i ain't fed him not one boob nothing like nothing and, it, and my whole brain is focused on that and so i feel like i have put stuff down but also it's like okay how can i adjust in that period so when they come to you and they're asking for like how to start a business so you're doing a lot of mindset work with them in the beginning before they even start Yes. So the first module, first week and a half or two weeks, however long it takes them to get through that first module is all mindset and routines, because I need to help them know as a foundation, you will not succeed in business if you don't believe you deserve this. You will not succeed in business if you don't feel okay with the laundry being in the corner. And then also if you don't create the discipline or the routines to support you feeling good about doing your business. And so we talk a lot about morning routines. So they set their um, day up for success because you got to spend time with God and then you got to spend time with you in the morning before all these other tasks and people and their needs start um, pulling at you. And so I always um, work on morning routine purposely at the beginning because it doesn't matter what content you post it doesn't matter how many times you raise your prices if you are not confident and feel fulfilled in yourself you're going to sabotage your business the whole way like all along the way as you make more money you're going to continue to sabotage so you need to continue to be working on mindset every single morning um is what i 
um, map out in the program. And so that's so, so important because you'll lose it. And, yeah. you know, this will be another thing that you just put on your list because it sounded good and still didn't get done. That's so good. That's so good. And and one of the things I really want to point out to y'all that she said was the daily disciplines, because that is, that's something me and my therapist have been talking about recently because I've been talking to her about an exit plan. And she said, you need to come up with your daily disciplines. And I was like, Jasmine said that. <laughs> And so, it, but it makes sense because like you said, if you treat your side hustle kind of like a side hustle and not really give it the full attention going full-time into business, you'll just kind of be like, what am I doing every single day now that I have more time? Or what am I doing every single day now that I'm coaching people? And how am I really working in the business, on the business, all these different things that come up as you're the accountant, the marketer, the person that's doing all these things. And so I like the fact that you said like really working on those daily disciplines and mindset and you do get that in the program. So just letting y'all know. Okay. So let's talk through a little bit about your therapy journey. So you started therapy last year. Was it after you had Kari? No, so, no I wish I would have had a therapist after I had Kari. I started <laughs> this year. Um, I started in May of this year. And the reason I started in May is because I was due in July. And so I wanted to have a full two months with her before the baby came and then like go full throttle as soon as the baby was out. Um, and the reason that I did that is because with my prior pregnancy in 2019, so I have two kids under two and then a six-year-old. With my pregnancy in 2019, once I gave birth to my daughter, that was my first time experiencing postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I had never heard of postpartum anxiety most people focus on postpartum depression. And so if you're not sad, you're like, this pregnancy was fine. My postpartum time is fine because I'm not sad, but really I was anxious. And so once I got more educated on it throughout last year, found out I was pregnant again for this year, I'm like, oh, I definitely have to find a maternal mental health therapist. And I was very specific on making sure they focused on maternal mental health. And then this lady focused specifically on black maternal mental health, yes. which is a whole different niche, which I was so excited to find her because many of us are facing very different scenarios than the average um, woman who is not of color who is going through maternal mental health so um, that is how the journey started to prepare and then the pandemic hit and I was like in March and I'm like oh I definitely need to get her on for me <laughs> to get her two months out um, before the pain because even in the pandemic added a whole new set of pressures for this um, maternal journey so that yeah. is how that started mm -hmm. yeah because you, you, you're not able to probably utilize as much help and be right. able to like have to have the kids home with you all the time yeah, that, mm -hmm. yeah. okay so when you went so you researched her, found her, and started going. Did you yeah. have hesitations about going, or were you never heard of therapy? Have you heard of therapy before? Like, what was kind of that process for you? Yeah, so I had heard of therapy before, but like most people, I was like, oh, I, I'm not crazy. I'm not sad. I'm not angry. Like, I was literally checking, I'm fine. Like, I'm pretty fine, so I don't need therapy. But the more I researched um, just trauma in general, I had worked in trauma work before, um in my in my actual day job but i was in the marketing department again it was an organization that focused on trauma but i worked in marketing so i didn't know that arm and so when i reached out to her and found her i was a little hesitant at first but i'm like this is an investment i need to make because i don't know what to expect and that was the key just like my prior pregnancy when i experienced postpartum anxiety it took me 
all the way off the map because I didn't experience it with my first pregnancy. And so as you reach new stages and seasons in your life, you need new different things. And so I was hesitant at first and I was really calculated like, oh, I need to have this full list of things I need to tell her of issues that I think we're going to talk about. And every single time that was not what we talked about. And then there were weeks that I felt really good. And I was like, oh, I don't even need to talk to my therapist this week. I'm good. And then I talked to her and I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> I, I needed this. I needed it. And so I was hesitant, but what I really enjoy and something that she said within our first session, I think, is that I am here for you to listen to you and to be an unbiased opinion to you as you talk. And so up until that time, I didn't realize I didn't have that. I didn't have somebody that didn't have any motive or any reason, rhyme or reason. She was literally just there to listen and then kind of guide me through my own thoughts. Whereas when you're talking to your friends or your spouse or your parents, yes, they love you. Yes, they may give you advice, but they still have other things in their mind related to how they interact with you that may um, weigh on how they act answer your question or what you're talking through. And so for her saying that, I was like, this is the only person for me, literally other than Jesus. This is somebody you can talk to who is solely there for you and to make sure your needs are met. And that was key for me because I didn't know what unmet um, needs I had until I started therapy. Oh, okay, so wait, I want to backtrack. So what did postpartum anxiety look like for you? Self-sabotage in the business was first. Um, really chronic insomnia. And then I also had um, intrusive thoughts. And so when you're a mom, you already worry about your kids. Um, but with postpartum anxiety, it was like vivid things happening to your kids. So like falling off a balcony or this unrealistic fear of her, me carrying her and falling down the stairs. We don't even have stairs in our house. We have, we lived in an apartment and we had an elevator in that apartment. I don't have no reason to interact with these stairs, but those were the type of thoughts like, oh my gosh, what if she falls down the stairs? Girl, what stairs? <laughs> so, so things like that. And so also anxiety can show up as being hyperproductive or overproductive. And so that was something I was doing, which I thought it was just grinding for my business, but it was just this need to control everything because I couldn't control this baby. And that's how anxiety showed up for me. So like the insomnia, the intrusive thoughts, and then this need for control things in my environment and overworking to compensate for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk about what it's been like since May for you with counseling. Uh, amazing. Uh, amazing. Literally and then again, when we are Christians, a lot of times we just turn to our Bible, but sometimes you don't understand what Jesus is trying to tell you in that specific moment. You pick it up and you like, okay, what? Yes. And so you, I would just read and read and listen to worship and listen. And sometimes I get a revelation and sometimes I wasn't. Whereas in therapy, and she's a Christian therapist, so that was another, like, she's a unicorn. <laughs> um, but in therapy, just the, the space, I think the space to unload and vent and know that you're going to walk away feeling relieved that you unloaded and vented all that stuff, but also that you have solutions or at least tools. So most of the time they're not giving you a specific answer. They're giving you tools to work your way through your own process. And so since May, I've noticed I get better sleep. I noticed that I'm much more effective in communicating my needs to my partner, which for me, that was a big thing that I had I didn't go to therapy to work on that. I thought I was the perfect wife. Girl, exactly. No, girl. <laughs> you go, for, go, for, go for one thing. Like I because I was like, oh girl, I'm about to get I'm about to get married. And I just want to work through all this anxiety I have about wedding. 
girl, I was with her for two years. And then went back to her and it was like, girl, how how did we get this far? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm a much better communicator. Um, And being able to know the difference between thoughts and feelings was a key for me, which sounds very, very simple. And and she talks about it, like in high achieving people or high performing people, it's like, what feelings, girl? Give me the thoughts. Give me the intellect. Help me understand. She's like, no, you need, what is the feeling? And a lot of times we'll say, I feel that this person did this because of this. Girl, that's not a feeling. That's a thought. <laughs> what do you feel? I feel angry because, and so she literally had to walk me through. Here's a chart, happy, sad, like I would do for my six-year-old. Yes. What do you feel? And so for me, that was new because I realized I was having a whole bunch of thoughts and like almost zero feelings about certain situations. Um, and so that was, that was very key. So being able to acknowledge those things and then watch myself grow. But also the biggest thing that therapy gave me was giving myself grace as I grew and not judging my actions, my thoughts, my not judging the things I was doing in the moment, but just acknowledging them and working through them as I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> not- I mean, thought, I mean, emotion, emotion under, uh, what do we call it? Emotion, um, girl, I'm going blank. In knowing, being a clinician and like uh-huh. understanding emotions is like a light bulb for people because mm-hmm. we don't realize why am I so angry at you and like I want you to get out of my face right I don't realize I'm disappointed or, right <laughs> that's the actual emotion <laughs> yeah or I'm feeling resentful towards you mm-hmm. or I feel mm-hmm. infuriated like I didn't know I feel I just know I'm, I'm really just I want you to get out of my face right mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so how did therapy help you and in, in as being a, in being a mom mm-hmm. Oh, it definitely helped me give myself a lot more grace in motherhood Um, and also being able to see how my reaction to things and not acknowledging those emotions affects my kids. And so, for instance, when my son has a really big emotion in the past, I would be like, calm down, relax. It's not that serious. Not, but not understanding he's experiencing some of these emotions for the first time or they, they're big to them at six years old. And so in working through therapy myself, because she had to take me through the kindergarten version of thoughts versus their feelings. <laughs> now, when he has a big emotion, I can help him see like it is OK to feel. I see that you feel frustrated. Tell me what you're frustrated about and then move into fix it versus oh relax and creating another version of me who can't express stuff (laughs) because you weren't given the space to do that Mm -hmm. so it allows me to give them the space to work through their emotions and things like that as well that's so good that's so good so how did therapy i know girl like (laughs) you don't we we talk about breaking generational curses but it's like okay what does that practically look like right i was never given the space to talk about my emotions as a kid it was always brushed off it was always like, girl, we got a million other things going on right now. And I can give right. my son a space to have that expression to where he doesn't feel like it was an unmet need for him growing right. up. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's, that's breaking a generational curse. Yeah. That right there, baby mm-hmm. girl, that right there, <laughs> a big thing. So, okay. So how did therapy help you as an entrepreneur? Oh God, it blessed my business so much. <laughs> <laughs> You probably made more money too. Yes, I have because it, it unlocked some of those limiting beliefs. Yeah. Um, one big limiting belief that I unlocked in therapy is that I was actually secretly running or subconsciously running from success 
because I felt it would isolate me from my peers. Mm. And so one thing that I was able to unlock in therapy is because I was always the golden child or praised as a child. And so although that made me like great in the eyesight of adults, it always made me at odds with other people my age, my cousins, my siblings, or things like that. And so I was sabotaging my business a lot of times by shrinking and not sharing the success of the business or not charging enough or not going as full out as I wanted to do in the business because I'm like, well, this is going to offend somebody. This is going to offend people not making this money or this is going to offend. And what we unlock the therapy is like, girl, do you want the money? Do you want the business to be successful or not? <laughs> and so we were able to trace back specific instances of me losing friendships and having fallouts with family members because I was over here touted as the golden child. Um, and so that helped my business tremendously being able to look at certain patterns and being able to break those patterns that was keeping literally a ceiling on my income. Even in the workplace, we were able to look at, you know, specific interactions I had at work or in my career or how society had groomed me to, oh, this is enough. This little piece over here, take this, take this 401k and be quiet and don't make a lot of noise and don't shine too much and be happy. And I'm like, wait a minute, but I want that. And so therapy was able to help me unlock some of those limited beliefs as well. Girl, nothing you would have even thought. Right. At first. Mm -hmm. That's what I be saying. That's what I be telling y'all. Y'all have heard me talk about this before. Like you go with the thought process. Oh, I'm going to address this. And you find... I didn't even know this bothered me. I didn't right. even know this was stopping me. And this right. has been since May. Mm-hmm. Not even like a whole year. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. So it helps you as an entrepreneur in like helping you unlock a lot of things, which ultimately helps you show up more, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. were able to. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. self sabotage. Exactly. didn't even, and probably in your mind at the time, probably didn't you probably didn't think you were self sabotaging. Right. What I thought it was, it was like, oh, I just don't have enough time. And it's like, girl, you're full time. What more time do you need? You're full time entrepreneur at this point. What time do you need? And so I was attributing it to all these other things. But it's like, no, you. When I felt I needed to raise the price of something, I was like, no. But if I raise the price, then my family is going to think. Jasmine's getting paid a thousand dollars an hour for these services or whatever and you know people would feel some type of way but why they're not that's not my customer my customers are getting results like and so yeah being able to unlock some of those things of why I was self-sabotaging through my business came in therapy so good my god so good so good okay so let's switch gears and talk a little bit about God so how did therapy help you in your relationship with God So her being a Christian therapist um, helps with her kind of guiding me through specific scriptures or she'll guide me through um, the process and give me certain people in the Bible that maybe went through that same process. Um, It allowed me to see God's true grace because I wasn't giving that to myself. And so God is trying to give us grace all day. Like, he's like, you're okay. I got you. You're okay. And I'm like, but no, I did this, this, and this. And no, I forgot to pray yesterday. And so trying to put that perfect cookie cutter picture of christianity a good christian together come on says go there go to that place 
that good Christian, that good the Christian mm-hmm. picture. And I'm like, but I don't know the whole Bible. And I've never read the whole Bible. I don't know. all. And I would even say that a lot of times when I was going live or talking with clients and I'm trying to give them a scripture or trying to give them, you know, a faith-based theme to guide them through what they're doing. I will always discount it because, oh, I'm not the good, I'm not a full, full Christian yet because I still listen to music sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's not gospel or so, you know, so what therapy allowed me to do in relation to my faith walk is the same grace that I learned to give myself in therapy I learned to give myself in Christianity and really that made the relationship with God a lot easier because I understood that he wasn't judging me I was busy judging myself and what therapy helped me see is like stop judging yourself and then when I got over here on my faith side it was like don't judge yourself in this either and God's like girl I've been trying to tell you that forever for free but Thank you, therapist, for walking you through it. Exactly, because we put so much shame on ourselves and we feel like we're not like this. Like, I recently was like, started to tell my eyes, look, when I when my friends win, I throw a twerk out, okay? I'm sorry, <laughs> it just is what it is. We're juvenile for 99-2000, come on, baby. I don't know what to do but to run exactly, to Exactly, with your body. <laughs> so it's like, but does that take away from me loving God? No. No, when I'm working, I'm sometimes listening to some hood music because I am getting my mindset into place. But we put so much shame on ourselves when we feel like we don't have enough or we're not doing enough or we're not giving enough. And it and it impacts uh, subconsciously impacts our relationship with God and shames us. And he's like, I ain't trying to shame you. Right. For no reason. And that'll cause you to run too. And I think a lot of Christians like oh I can't get this perfect so this ain't for me and they'll go full on the other side of like let me just go live my life free and <laughs> free and clear mm-hmm. well really he like you said he's not looking to shame us a lot of times we're shaming ourselves so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so with that in mind then how do you then dedicate your business back to God that 10 that is another that's another business pay your tithes on your business profits like this year even when i wasn't making money i'm like god i'm just pay these tithes that i owe from last year to <laughs> to get the ball rolling <laughs> to get the ball rolling so paying your tithes is the first way the other way is like hearing and spending the time in your quiet time to also hear about your business a lot of times we pray about our marriages families kids work all those things but we don't pray about business I not only pray for my business, but I pay for the businesses of my clients. I pray that I'm showing up in the way that God wants me to. I pray that it's not my ego wanting to share certain results. Because sometimes I get iffy, like, do I share making this amount of money in this time? Is that me, my ego? Or is that me giving people hope to see what's possible? And so I pray about those type of things before I post those type of things. And so dedicating your business back to God really looks at, like, are you walking fully in what he told you to do, first of all? Like, are you being obedient? And what he told you to do, because sometimes we try to give him a little, the watered down version of what he told you to do. Like he told you to go speak on the stage of 100,000 and you're like, oh, I'm just going to sit over here and go live. At least I'm speaking to 100 people a week. No, go for that contract or whatever it is he told you to go for. And so it's in that, it's in the different opportunities that I accept. So looking at the podcast interviews, the brand partnerships the speaking engagements things that i accept are these a representation of him and are these a representation of my brand so those are the main ways yeah yeah and so what does that how do you practically daily make him then like the ceo of your business because real talk 
he has all the strategies like and and it gives us the wisdom to be able to be like you know more than that's one thing big and i'll go there on a little tangent for a second one thing big with me this year which was i believe part of the reason why i made four figures was god when i would go to him and i would ask him okay what are we doing he's like what do you think and i was what are you talking about i don't know i'm asking you and he and 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 finally at one point i remember hearing you know just Mm -hmm. do it Mm -hmm. And it was like super hard for me because I, in my mind, my thought process towards approaching business with God was, oh, he tells you everything, but also he gives you the wisdom to know you have done all these things over a course of time and pulled all these little nuggets over the years of doing things that you have the ability to make decisions. And show that to me in the Bible, like you have you can make decisions. That was one thing I remember. He was like, you can make the decision, Roslyn. Mm-hmm. But it was so hard for me because I was like, well, what if I make a mistake? Or what if I go off? Yeah. Or what if I spend this money and it's not like what I necessarily, because like investments was a big thing for me this year. Like I made more investments financially in my business within the last year than I ever have. Mm-hmm. But I've always gotten a return back right. on my investment, which was not something I thought was needed because I'm like, oh, I'm smart enough to do it. Oh, if I, one of the limiting beliefs that I discovered from after I took mine to mogul was, (laughs) was if I make the investment, they're going to tell me something I already know. Yeah. What they did was (laughs) a prideful state of, you think you know everything. And it was, what it was stopping me from was, oh no, I really, I really don't know how to make a caption that converts clients. I really don't know how to do social media content and not overthink it. I really don't know how to do branding. Or even when I invested it for my podcast, I didn't know how to structure my podcast to be able to sell stuff on it and not sound salesy. Like all those things were things I didn't know, but I thought, oh, I know this because I'm doing it. But it's really important to like not not get into that prideful mindset. And so God gave me a lot of insight into you really know how to make decisions, but we, we stop ourselves because we're like, oh, I'm going to wait on him. And he's like, I've given you everything. Right. He, he looked like, who's wait, what you waiting for? Like, <laughs> why you, why you, why you sitting, you sitting, you're the one sitting and I've already told you what to do, but you're not being obedient. Like you said. And so that was huge for me. And so like with that, how do you then practically make him CEO and 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 with that even having your own CEO mindset walk into your business showing up every day yeah it really comes down to sitting out and getting the vision and so a lot of people are they get the vision and then they're stuck on steps 15 he probably not gonna give you all the steps he gonna give you step one maybe six but you have to move in the direction of the vision like we're keeping the vision in mind. So I know what the vision is. I know what the vision he's giving me. I see that. I, you know, visualize it every day. So it's at the top of my mind all the time. I pray over the vision, but I can't get stuck on, but God, you're not, but what I do next? What I do next? And so he's going to lead you to the place where deep inside you feel the Holy Spirit moving you towards making an investment here or investing in this, investing in here and moving here. You just got to move it to those places those directions in faith so that's the key is like moving in the direction of the vision even if the path is a little shaky and wiggly and it's not a straight path is key from like having him as the ceo because you have to think about it. the ceo of a company 
they are not coming to tell you how to type the email. Like they are telling you overall the vision of the company and they're telling you the goals of the company. And you got to figure out where your little part fits in the overall vision and continue to work your role until you move up to the next level until you can get side by side with the CEO. But for right now, you just gonna have to listen to what the CEO is giving you as the vision. So we see a lot of these things in our corporate jobs that we don't, we think they, they're just doing it just for fun. These things apply to your side hustle as well. You're looking to turn it into a full business. So if you picture guys as a CEO, think about your CEO of your company. How often are they updating on you on the goals? Probably quarterly. And they're saying it and they're like, okay, everybody go to work. And from there, you have to create the plan to get to it. That's, that's such a, that is such a great example because what I'm thinking of CEO is like you may get a vision and they're in the expectation that you're just going to follow through regardless. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we'd be sitting on the sideline like, okay, guy, what's going on? What am I doing? Am I-? Right. <laughs> I want to talk real quickly as we close out uh, with going into Monta Mogul, not to switch gears so fast, but I do want to address like, when you, I remember you telling us like this, uh, or I don't know if I listened to it on a podcast or if you told us this when we, we did our group culture, but you, you were talking about how you focused, you shifted more into focusing on moms. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you to make that pivot for one? And then now being in mom to mogul almost a year, is it, is that yeah. it's me and, and that being your sole offer that you offer and then like having other offers of course but that being your sole offer and what was that shift like for you to make that decision and how did you confidently do that okay because so. i know that's a process because like making when you okay so let me also say when you start for me when you when i started my business i i recognize right now i have a ton of different things i'm doing and to me they don't make sense at all mm-hmm. and so it's like hard to niche down but i'm also in that infant stage of right. let me just try all these things and kind of what you described you were doing a lot of different things at first so eventually i want to get to a point to where i'm niched down into one area but i'm okay right now trying things to see yeah. what my audience likes what i what i'm good at what i don't like doing so on and so forth and so making a decision one to give one offer let me just say like one offer only and when i say offers y'all for those of you that don't know one offer is the one thing i'm selling only and not really focusing on anything else i'm putting all my eggs in one basket in this area right and then offering that one thing to solely focus on that and getting rid of everything else that's the scary part (laughs) getting rid of everything else and so um, so talk about that and then like talk about mountain mogul, of course. Yeah. So when I made the decision to focus solely on moms, that was a God thing. And so I knew back in 2013, when I started and stay home with my son, that my business was supposed to focus on moms, but I tried the social media thing. I tried the building websites thing. I tried all these different things and he just kept bumping me on the head. Just kept bumping, like, okay, your little business is real cute. <laughs> until I shifted to mom to mogul and said straight out out of my mouth I want to help moms quit their jobs within the next 12 to 18 months by helping them build brand and launch their online businesses soon as I started saying that out loud soon as I got okay with the vision that he gave me and started taking steps towards that it blew up I've been in business six years off and on this year it blew up when I was obedient 
and sir said specifically now i have clients who are not moms but and they you know they come to my program they still get results but my heart from the beginning was for moms and if i would have made that shift a long time ago i would have got to it much quicker and so that's why you have to listen to the vision on the front end and stop pretending like you're listening because that's the other thing we like to pretend like, oh, he gave me the vision to start a business. No, I got told you to start a business to serve moms. And when I got off that track, that's when I was self-sabotaging. That's when I, and he was like, okay, I'm gonna wait till you get back around to this specific thing. And so it was very hard to let go of other offers because you immediately assume you're gonna lose out on money because you feel like you're gonna isolate people because you're saying just moms. But really what happens is you attract that tribe who was looking for you. That mom who's like, they've been to all the other business coaches and couldn't get results. That mom who's like, but my kids aren't sleeping through the night. How are you telling me to wake up at 5 a.m. girl and do all these things? Or um, for me, a lot of the business coaches that I work with were single women. And so not only they didn't have the pressure of kids, but they didn't have the pressure of a spouse looking like, when this business gonna take off? So what are you doing? And so the reason I created this space and Mom to Mogul was to build a community that helped women see that other women can do it, single moms, um, moms who are pregnant, moms who have little ones, moms who have teenagers, but also to create a space that it was okay to fail and figure it out throughout the process and not judge yourself through it. Um, was the key thing and providing them that community to see that if you're going to change and shift and grow and there's going to be seasons where it's all mindset and no money and then there's going to be seasons where it's all money and you're like oh let me make sure I get back to the mindset part um, and so that was the goal for the program and why I started it is because after I was dealing with postpartum anxiety and realized that I should have been focused on moms to begin with um, and got back to that mission everything changed. Mm-hmm. And it made me more confident and show up more passionately because when I see clients get results, um, I know that's the group I'm supposed to serve. Yeah. And not only that too, but you're not focused on three or four different launches of three or four different things. Mm-hmm. So your all your brain power goes into this where you can strategize effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you do have, and just for everyone else too, for myself, I have three or four different things I offer. That's three or four different places my brain is going to sending emails or thinking about what am I doing this month when you can solely focus on moms and mogul, your all your mindset, all of your I mean, all of your mind, all of your value, all of content creation can be focused on those things. And that is bomb because then that's what people know you for. Right, right. And it comes from actually focusing on your zone of genius. So a lot of times we focus on things that we're good at or okay at because we can do them. Like that's why I was doing web design and manage people's social media content because I could do those things. But where your true wealth, abundance, greatest happiness, freedom and joy is in operating in your genius. My genius is taking something, and most of the women I work with are visionaries. So taking the vision that you have and showing you the practical steps and making that vision fit with your life to get you to your ultimate goal. And so being able to break that down for people was things was something I was doing naturally in my everyday life. And so you want to look at what are you naturally doing that's in your zone of genius that could be helping other people. And that's probably where your business is. Yes, exactly. Oh, so good. So, so good. So before we wrap up, um, talk about some of the results your clients have gotten, but also the different. So although you work with moms, everyone is in different arenas. So like yeah. talk about some of the arenas your the moms are in and the results they've gotten. 
Yeah, so I've worked with teachers, attorneys. Um, I have a lot of mental health professionals now that have found my brand. I've worked with other coaches. Um, And so really the main thing is most of them have kids is the main thing. And so what they're struggling with a lot of times is procrastination because the kids are taking over their life and perfectionism is keeping them from launching things. And so really what I help them do is break through that procrastination by creating routines and then overcome that perfectionism in their business by helping them see the full process of business and see that it's actually doable for them. So some of the results that they've been able to get, most of them make their their investment back, like their first $1,000 within the first within the first 30 days and so many of them have never sold anything before they've never gone live before so i really help them get that clarity and confidence of what direction to take their business in i have women who are now six months out from quitting their job they have their their full plan to be able to quit i've had moms who pivoted and decided hey girl now that i know all this entrepreneurship is not for me but i really want to go you know take these strategies to my blog or i really want to go take these strategies and help my husband with his business and things like that um i've had women who have been able to pay off debt i've had women who've been able to write their first book so just really once you get that full sense of what you can do with your genius like what you can do with those skills that you already have is phenomenal for a lot of people it's pivotal helping them really start stepping into who they fully are. And so um, I think so far the person who has made the most, she had her first 7K month recently. She's only been in the program, I think, two months so far. And so we just keep pushing those results, keep pushing those results. Um, But it's been everybody from the introvert. Um, That's another thing. A lot of people think if they're shy, they can't use social media to grow their brand, but you really can. So it's been all walks of life, all backgrounds. Some women don't have college degrees. Some of them, you know, don't work in a professional um, sense of a nine to five. They work in retail or something like that. And they've still been able to get results in the program. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's bomb, y'all. Y'all should definitely, definitely take advantage of that. And I think right now you're launching Monta Mogul. Yes, so Monta Mogul is actually open for enrollment. So if you're interested in joining, it is a six-week program and we talk through everything, literally everything you need to get your business up and running. Um, If you want to learn more about it, you can go to mom and then the number two mogul.co. So momtomogul.co. All right. Well, thank you, Jasmine. This has been such a rich interview, like really, really good. And so I appreciate you. So I will have all of Jasmine's information below. Follow her on Instagram, y'all. That's kind of the place where I found her and I follow her and she is a bomb. So I will leave all the information below for you in the show notes. And if you have any questions, just let us know. All right, y'all. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.